You're listening to The People's Podcast. I was honest. Was I brutally honest? Yes. But I think that that's the problem. Everybody's so scared to be honest with one another. This is JSC Radio. Four and six Lions all tied at 16. Here comes Stafford. And he's picked off. And it's going the distance. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. This is an incredible play by Jackson. I mean, he's going to bring the orchestra together like he did last week. <laughs> You're listening to the People's Podcast. This is Jay. SC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now, how the hell are you doing? My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 91st episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC radio hey now merry almost christmas how the hell's everyone doing that's right consecutive weeks for the first time in a while because that's just how we roll i want to thank each and every one of y'all who supported supported last week's show the interview with jennifer caudle the conversation if you will with Jennifer Caudle doing really, really well. I want to thank y'all for supporting that across all your favorite podcast providers, including Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM and Google Play, TuneIn and Radio Public, Audio Boom, iHeartRadio, and of course, big old Spotify. You can support us across all those or wherever else you might be happening to find me all over the globe. I want to thank y'all listening to this show, of course, here in the United States, coming to you from the JSC Radio Studios in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection of Philadelphia. I want to shout out those listening across the U.S. and Canada, listening in Mexico, listening to me in Spain. I see y'all out there, Spain and Germany and the U.K. and Ireland. I'm getting a fair amount of listeners out in the motherland in Africa, out in Algeria. Algeria, I checked that algorithm. You're out there in Algeria rocking with me. I don't even know if you understand English, but I appreciate the fact that you understand me. Shout out to those of you listening out there, all the way out there in Bangladesh. I was seeing I'm getting listeners in Sweden, getting listeners in India, getting people in Thailand, Thailand, out there in the land of Muay Thai checking your boy out if you're listening to me no matter where in the world you listen to this podcast thank you damn it thank you i just hope you even understand what the hell i'm talking about because i'm going to be talking a whole lot about these damn detroit lions i want to shout out my man awesome jones whose music you heard to start the show big up to my man doc illingsworth who you're going to hear a lot of in the second part of this show because we're doubling this up it's not just simply going to be me talking about these lions It's also the Christmas party because this is the final original, original episode of 2018. We're closing out the original year of 2018 with a bang, our yearly Christmas party, which will be sharing time with these damn Detroit Lions. Oh, one more thing. Want to shout out each and every one of y'all who supports me on social media. Of course, you can follow me at J. Scott Smith, J-A-Y-S-C-O, two T's. S-M-I-T-H, that's me on both Twitter and the Instagram. I am verified on the Twitter machine. You can follow the show at JSC Radio. We are on YouTube, 
I put the bit.ly link for that there. It's bit.ly slash JSCTube. Yes, indeed, the YouTube page is live, and you're going to start seeing more and more content as we roll into 2019, as I'm taking the interviews we've done, plus the best of the best moments and takes throughout this show's history, dropping them right on that YouTube page, bit.ly slash JSCTube. That's all one word. Now that I've gotten all that out of the way, last time I really talked to you all about the Detroit Lions was back in August, because... This year has been more so this fall has been such a cluster. I haven't been able to give you all that lion's goodness like I normally would have. Now, I will admit, I was right. I was dead on right about the Lions when I made my interesting pseudo prediction about where they would be this year. I took a look at their schedule back in August and I told y'all that I could not find more than six wins on their schedule. As I sit here and talk to you right now, that team is five and nine. I even called it back in August that I didn't care how good they were and how bad the Buffalo Bills were. I called it back then that they were going to go to Buffalo and get beat because that's just what they do. They haven't won a they haven't won a game in Buffalo since 1991. That's just what they do. They go to Buffalo. And they lose. It is what it is. So I saw that one coming a mile away. So now where does that leave us? In the pantheon of this show, in the history of this show, one of the more talked about subjects has been this damn football team from my hometown. Earlier this year, I watched the Philadelphia Eagles win a Super Bowl. It was like a it was effectively like a social experiment for me because I've only seen the Lions win one damn playoff game in my near 40 years of life. And I was 12 years old when it happened. And I had never experienced seeing my team make, let alone win, a damn Super Bowl. So I know what it's like to see a city go ham when your team wins championship. But I haven't seen that from the Detroit Lions. And I think we're at the point where It's about damn time, those of y'all who have listened to me these last damn near three years, finally allow me to say, I told you so about Matthew Stafford. Now, I get it. The organization is a total mess. Not going to argue that. They have been a total mess pretty much since about 1957. However, there has never been one guy who has been given more praise, been given more leeway, been given more rope, been given more leash, been given more free king passes than number nine, Matthew Stafford. Episode 49 of this podcast talked about when Stafford got signed to that ridiculously exorbitant contract where he was given what was at the time the biggest contract in the history of the NFL to any quarterback. Matthew Stafford for a year was getting paid more than Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. And yes, I know he's he's washed, but Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson and every other quarterback in the league. Remember, I played that clip during episode 49 where the Channel 7 reporter in Detroit said, oh, there'd be 20 to 25 teams who would kill to have Stafford right now. I called bullshit on that immediately. I broke it down with some analysis, and really it factored to about maybe six or seven teams 
would actually be better with Matthew Stafford. And mind you, two of those teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and Cleveland Browns, drafted quarterbacks since then. Cleveland Browns drafted Baker Mayfield. And the Browns, the same Browns who, not even a calendar year ago, I clowned, rightfully, for going 0-16. They're now, they were pretty much a botched field goal in week one from being 7-7 right now. As it is, they're 6-7-1. They have a tie with the Steelers. They are technically dangling around in the AFC playoff picture. Kansas City, who at the time had Alex Smith but did not have Patrick Mahomes, was the other. And needless to say, Kermit the Frog has been balling his ass off in KC. So wipe those two off the list. I argue right now that Baker Mayfield's a far big, far better player and a far better leader than Stafford's ever been in Detroit. This guy, this is his 10th NFL season. 10th season. It'll be 10 calendar years in Detroit next year. He has done nothing. He has a career losing record. You can't name a big game that he's won. He's never won a division championship. Never won a playoff game. Only been there three times. And I've I've said all I've needed to say. But to watch him this year, where here's the crazy part. He's only had one legitimately dominant season. And I'm going to break down some of that as we go along here. I'm going to try to keep this as tight as possible. But when I look at him and I look at this organization, they're about to finish either 5-11 and or 6-10, and which is the line that I had them on from the very beginning. I didn't want to be right. I didn't. And hell for a hot second, I thought they were going to end up 4-12 or 3-13 after they went out there and got sandblasted by the equally sorry New York Jets and then fell down 30-13 to in San Francisco the next week before losing. Then they inexplicably go out and beat the top two teams in the AFC East while simultaneously losing to the worst two teams in the AFC East, the Jets and Bills. They hung tight with Dallas. I talked about earlier in the fall. The only other time I talked about the Lions is when I mentioned Golden Tate, who is now no longer a Detroit Lion, even though you'd think, listening to Lions fans, that they'd act, you'd think Golden Tate was Jerry Rice in his prime. He ain't done a damn thing here in Philadelphia, by the way. When I talked about Golden Tate who had a bad habit of celebrating touchdowns at the five-yard line and not in the end zone. But when I look at this team and I look at where they are and where they've been, they are in constant mediocrity. It's the exact thing that sent me off the deep end two years ago after another late-season gag by Stafford led me to drop this Well, famous phrase, hope is not a goddamn strategy. And it's not a damn strategy, by the way. It's not. And now we finally reached the breaking point here. Because for the first time, people are finally joining me on the Stafford's not a leader train. On the Stafford's not a winner train. On the Stafford's not a champion train. People are finally joining my ass on the train that I've been driving since 2013. Now, let me let me be fair. As I've done some analysis on Matthew Stafford, let me be fair. I'm willing to give you the first two years of his career because he only played 13 of a possible 26 games. He missed all but three games his second year in 2010 
and the Lions only won two games his first year. Conversely, Baker Mayfield has won six, coming off of an 0-16. So it's already the best turnaround ever of an 0-16 team. Then when you look across this, you want to start things at 2011, which, let's keep it real, let's keep it funky, that was his best season by a mile. I'm even willing to admit that. 2011, Matthew Stafford was balling. He was. Team started 5-0. It's his first full season of 16 games. And at the time, generally speaking, when a quarterback hits the league, his third year is the year you want to look for. His third season, 2011, he had 41 touchdowns to 16 picks, 5,038 yards, five stacks. Lions win 10 games, have a winning record for the first time since 1999. They win 10 games for the first time since 1995. Made the playoffs. Mind you, they could have avoided going to New Orleans if they had if Stafford had just managed to outduel Matt Flynn. Matt King Flynn in Green Bay in a game that the Packers were willing to give away because they knew that they they had no intention whatsoever of winning that game, but Matt Flynn won it, turned it into a mega contract that he barely ever saw a penny of because the Seahawks realized that he was Matt King Flynn and he sucks and replaced him with Russell Wilson. They didn't go on to win a damn Super Bowl. But that was Stafford's best year. And it's the only year I even gave the Lions a pass for just getting in. From that point forward, it got a little rough for Stafford. 2012, he actually passed for nearly 5,000 yards again, but the Lions lost their last eight games, went 4-12. and Coming off a of 10-6, they went to 4-12. and And by the way, he passed for 4,957 yards, 20 touchdowns, 21 fewer than the year before, one more pick at 17. Of that 49-57, 1,964 of those yards went to Calvin Johnson. So whenever someone says Matthew Stafford's never had anything to work with, never had anybody to play with, he's had nothing but talent around him for years. Some guys got hurt. Some guys were busts. And guess what? Stafford simply couldn't make some of those guys better. Hi, Eric Ebron. He couldn't make any. He could make some of those guys simply not better. Were there some bad decisions? Sure. There were some bad decisions in terms of draft picks, but... For all the people who insist that Stafford needs premier talent around him, yet I've seen lesser quarterbacks with lesser talent go out and do more, you can miss me with the bullshit. The season that I gave up on him was the following year, 2013. He finished with 4,650 yards. That sounds very respectable. It is. 29 touchdowns, 19 picks. Again, if you just looked at his numbers on the surface, you'd think... Jay, you're out of your fucking mind. Why on earth do you have an issue with him? Simple. Lions started 6-3. and three. On November 10th, they were 6-3, and 3-1 three, three and one in the division. They had just beaten the Bears twice. They're two games clear of everyone. Everyone. How did they do with those final seven games? They went 1-6. Their only win against Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers got hurt on Thanksgiving Day. On November 10th, they were 6-3. and three, Two games clear of everyone. Staring down their first division championship in 20 years, they dropped six out of seven, four of the losses to non-playoff teams, three of the losses at home to Tampa, the Giants, and Baltimore. 
from six and three, two games up on November 10th. By the time they got to the final game of the regular season, they were one under 500 and eliminated from playoff competition. That's all on Stafford. Yes, the following year they go, they start seven and two, finish 11 and five. I don't give Stafford as much credit for that because that was based on the defense. Because it was the only time really since about 1991 that the Lions actually rode the good play of their defense along the way. It's amazing what happens if you build a nice defense, suddenly you don't need your quarterback out here throwing 40 touchdown passes and 5,000 yards. Albeit he did do 42-57, 22, 12 picks. They go 11-5. and five. It's the first and really only Lion team since about 1995 that was actually you know, could have conceivably won a playoff game. They get hosed in Dallas. We all know how it went. I don't need to bring that up. I don't need to picture Chris Christie's fat ass jumping up and down in the in, in the owner's box with Jerry Jones. But after that 2013 season, I was done with Stafford because I knew then he didn't have what it took to lead a team through the fire to the finish line. 2015, after the playoff year, they start one and seven. Let me say that again. For the second time in his career, coming off a double-digit win season, this team crashed into the side of a mountain. One and seven. One and seven. Two horrendous losses against the Arizona Cardinals and Kansas City Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes in London. They try to do this goofball, we're going to fight all the way back and we'll show you we're not finished. They get to four and seven because they get three wins against three really shit teams. They get Green Bay at home the Thursday after Thanksgiving. Oh, you remember that game for for no other reason. You know why you remember that game. Rodgers rolling to his left. Being chased, slipped the tackle. Rodgers is stepping up and lofting it deep down the field into the end zone. It is up and it is... Caught! Caught by the Packers! Richard Rodgers for a touchdown! Oh, no! You're kind of looking for more of that pass back and forth kind of thing. Oh, that old pass back and forth sort of thing. That play was like the inverse of what happened to the Dolphins with the Dolphins and Patriots a week ago, a couple weeks ago, when they actually did do the pass back and forth sort of thing when the Patriots were oddly expecting a Hail Mary. It's wild. They finished 7-9. and nine. Stafford goes 42-62, 32 touchdowns, 13 picks. You notice a pattern that he, puts a, he was putting up some gaudy numbers everywhere except the win column because it's not the matter of the yards and the TDs and the interceptions. It's when you throw them and when you get them and how you get them. Around Detroit, he's picked up a nickname, Stat Padford, where a lot of times this team is down big, and all of a sudden he starts winging it all over the place and throwing these useless garbage touchdowns. It adds up to 32. 2016, they start 1-3. and And a fortuitous fumble against the Eagles, the Eagles kicked off this wacky-ass run that they go on in a season where you play 16 games, the Lions trailed in the fourth quarter of 15 of them. And they had eight, eight comebacks in the fourth quarter. Eight. Most of them centering around one of these idiot teams either throwing a pick or fumbling or booting it off their face or missing a kick, and then the Lions sneak up from behind and steal it. But that pattern actually worked for a while. Hell, by this point, JSC Radio was around. I talked about that about that damn team three times that season. I once actually apologized, sort of, for doubting them. Only, of course, to then be proven right after further review. 
They start one and three. They then magnificently win five in a row. They actually go eight and one over that stretch, which is just unconscionable considering how they were winning these games. The only game they actually led start to finish was in New Orleans. This is when the this is before the Saints kind of returned to being the Saints again. On December 11th, from November 6th to December 11th, they won five straight games. On December 11th, they're 9 and 4. They have the second best record in the conference. They are one win away from their first division championship in 23 damn years. Just win one out of your last three. What happens? They go to Dallas, take an L. They go play the Giants, take an L. Then they come on home, and I played that sound. I will not play it again. They came back home, played the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is two-stepping on the 10-yard line. Touchdown, game over. You lose the division. You make the playoffs thanks to Washington falling on their face. You go to Seattle. You get gun clapped. And ho! Hope is not a goddamn strategy. Last year, more of the same. They start 2-0 this time, so they actually got out nice. They still managed to end up 9-7. They rebounded to 6-4 after starting 2-0. Then they dropped 4 out of 5. They get back to 6-4, lose against the Vikings on Thanksgiving, and they never won more than two in a row at any point in time. Final nail in the coffin is the loss in Cincinnati. That was the first episode of this calendar year because Caldwell got himself fired. Stafford, 44-46, 29 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I forgot the year before, 43-27, 24-10. Again, those sound like really nice numbers until you look at how we did it. And then we get to this year, and I just talked about it. The L's against the horrific Jets and 49ers, and you inexplicably beat New England and Miami, damn near beat Dallas. You get smashed by Seattle, get crushed twice by, by Chicago, get beat by Minnesota, and that's all you need to know. That's the end of the night. That's the end of the party. They're 5-9. and nine. Currently Stafford, 33-95. 19 touchdowns, 11 picks through 14 games. And the Lions inexplicably are going to run his ass out there this weekend in two meaningless football games looking to possibly pad these stats. Stafford's not a leader. He's not a winner. He wasn't a winner at Georgia. He wasn't a winner in high school. He hasn't been a winner in the NFL, yet he gets treated like a deity, especially in Detroit. And a lot of that is on the Detroit Lions. And that's where I will heap uh, about 10% of this on them. Do you realize that the Detroit Lions have not signed an adequate backup for Matthew Stafford? Let me say that again. I stress this. An adequate backup for Matthew Stafford. Those first two seasons he played where he was largely hurt, he was backed up by Sean Hill, and Drew Stanton, former Spartan. That 2010 season, they started 2-10. and 10. They were short Stafford. They, didn't, they ended up 6-10 and 10 because Drew Stanton led a four-game win streak at the end of the year. Since then, Stafford has not had a viable backup quarterback other than Sean Hill since 2010. Hill was his backup for 2011, 2012, and 2013. He was replaced by Dan Orlovsky in 2014. Dan Orlovsky, he of the stepping out of the back of the end zone for a safety in 2008, Dan Orlovsky. Other backups have featured Jake Rudock, Brad Kaya, and now Matt Castle. None of these guys, where Stafford got hurt, you could rely on them to be anything other than someone who doesn't fall directly on their face like Rudock did last year when he was forced into a game 
in Baltimore or like Orlovsky did when he was forced into a game against Arizona in 2007, in 2015, not 17, 15, or like Matt Castle was when he was briefly forced into a game earlier this year. They find the most scrub-tacular, scrubbalicious dudes to put behind Stafford. Part of that is out of negligence and fear. There was one season he didn't have a backup at all. Because this damn organization treats him like a god and they're so afraid of hurting his fragile feelings or stepping on his toes or making him feel as if he's being challenged in any way that they won't even put a guy behind him. So just in case Mr. So-called tough quarterback gets hurt again, you have no shot, which means you have to rely on him. You cater your drafts around him. You You cater your entire philosophy of this team around him. He's the guy who lobbied for Jim Bob Cooter, a guy that nobody was going to hire if he left to stay offensive coordinator. How's that worked out? They have basically catered to Matthew Stafford in a way that they never catered to Barry Sanders, that they never catered to Lem Barney, that they never catered to Billy Sims. They sure as hell didn't cater to Calvin Johnson that way, which, by the way, Stafford should be sending Calvin Johnson at least 10% of his check every single year because Calvin's the reason he was getting paid the way he was. I said it in 2016. I wouldn't have paid him that money. I said it then, I'm going to keep saying it now. You should have made him earn it. He's never had to earn a damn thing since high school. He was handed the gig at Georgia. He got handed the gig in Detroit and was treated like a savior for winning two games. Meanwhile, I got Baker Mayfield out here styling on fools. I got Patrick Mahomes out here throwing no-look passes. But I'm supposed to treat Matthew Stafford like he's on par with Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger. Get the hell out of here. Ten seasons in the NFL, zero, zero division championships, zero playoff wins. I ain't even going to bring up conference titles and all that. You got to win a playoff game first, homie. How the hell you're supposedly, at one point in time within the last couple of years, people were throwing his name out there as a top five quarterback in the league. How the hell you a top five quarterback in the league? You ain't never won your division once. On three different occasions, you were in the month of December with a division lead or a division tie, and you couldn't close the deal in any of those situations. In two cases, you're two games clear of the field. In one instance, you were up two with three to play, and none of those instances you win the division. None of them. Hell, in the case of 2013, you didn't even put yourself in a position to play for it on the last day. I got to sit here and listen to people tell me how great Matthew Stafford is. He's the best quarterback we ever had. But we were 0-16 and he saved us and he brought us back from 0-16. Did he? He didn't even play the first two damn years. He ain't been no good. He's not a winner. He's not a champion. He doesn't have that it to succeed. He doesn't have it. He's never had it. He never will. And the thing is, you've never really held him to, to account for it. The Lions sure as hell won't. I got to sit here and watch a guy like Teddy Bridgewater walk around with the division title. Case Keenum got one. Jay Cutler got one. Brett Favre got a couple. Aaron Rodgers got five of them. But that's Aaron Rodgers. He's won a Super Bowl. Every team in this damn division has won it at least twice in the last 10 years. Except Detroit. Every team in this division has been in at least one NFC Championship game since Stafford came into the league. Yes, even the Bears. Hell, the Bears played the Packers in that championship game. So miss me with the Staffords, the best we ever had, and we need him. And oh, what would you do if we get rid of him? Who will we replace him with? 
It's like a lottery ticket at this point. You have nothing to lose. Worst case scenario is what? You go from five and 11 to three and 13? I could argue you should have been three and 13 this year anyway. I can argue that the team that went nine and seven in 2016 was probably a five and 11 team that got lucky a bunch of times. So miss me with the bullshit. Matthew Stafford's not a winner. And hopefully when I get to 2019, I'll have a whole lot more people on the party train with me, hopefully ready to run his um, er, uh, ass out of town. My name is J. Scott Smith. The rage is back. But now we switch gears because coming up after this break, it's time for the yearly Christmas party with special guests, Detroit City and Strife. My name's Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 91st episode, the final original episode of the year. And this is JSC Radio. We'll be back to jingle your bells after this. He's never won a playoff game, and he's never been on teams that have been consistently winning. And from time to time, a concern has been raised that maybe Matthew Stafford isn't the leader that other quarterbacks have been and that maybe all quarterbacks need to be. Boomer Esiason, former NFL quarterback, recently called out Matthew Stafford as a locker room lawyer and a guy who really isn't doing what he needs to do during games by way of exhibiting the energy necessary to lift his teammates. Look, I, I get it. And and this is part of Stafford's personality. I don't think he's ever been a guy who is boisterous. He's never been a guy who naturally... But you know what? Eli Manning isn't that way either. And where do you strike that balance? Ultimately, you want guys to be themselves. But I do think there is value in being a leader because... Quarterbacks can go a long way toward inspiring the other members of the team to play at a higher level, to do all the things they need to do during the week so they're prepared to play at a high level. And look, th there's a connection there somewhere between what Stafford has done as a quarterback and the fact the Lions simply haven't won enough games during his career. Even though he's gotten paid a ton of money and even though he's generated the statistics, the total package isn't there. And I think it's fair for people on the outside to wonder what has gone on over the last 10 years with Matthew Stafford as the starting quarterback of the Detroit Lions. You're listening to the People's Podcast. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. This is J.S.C. Radio. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free, you can listen anytime, anywhere. Now if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows such as JSC Radio. 
you can create a custom playlist. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to the People's Podcast. I'm not going to be responsible for what happens next. This is JSC Radio. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace good will toward men. And that's what Christmas is all about. You hear that boy? That's what Christmas is all about. Actually, Granddad, Christmas is a pagan holiday and Jesus probably hates you for celebrating it. There ain't gonna be no Scrooges in this house, boy. Look, Granddad, it's clear from the scripture that Jesus was not born in winter. The shepherds who saw the angels announcing his birth would not have been out in their fields in December. The Palestinian winters are too cold, if you believe in that sort of thing. The truth is, Christmas evolved from the Roman holiday Saturnalia, a winter festival where men gave gifts to each other. They also would get drunk, have sex with each other, and beat their wives. People would act so crazy on Christmas, the holiday was outlawed by the Protestant church until the 1800s. As a matter of fact, the United States Congress Granddad? Granddad! I'm sorry, boy. What was that? I just explained the entire history of Christmas. But it was boring, Huey. You just blah, blah, gay sex, blah, blah, Congress. You know, you got to be interesting. This is the 91st episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to my Jewish friends. Uh, Happy Kwanzaa, I, I think. Anyway, this is your official JSC Radio Christmas party for 2018. Welcome back. Again, I want to thank each and every one of y'all who supports this show across all the different podcast providers. Talking about Apple Podcasts, iTunes, along with SoundCloud and Stitcher, along with Google Play and TuneIn, along with Radio Public, along with Player FM, Audio Boom, iHeartRadio, and the Spotify. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jscottsmith, J-A-Y-S-C-O, two T's, S-M-I-T-H. Get on YouTube and check us out, bit.ly slash JSCTube. And you already know, I'm also on Facebook and the Instagram as well. Instagram is at J Scott Smith. Show's on Twitter as well, at JSC Radio. Be sure to check that out and keep abreast of everything on Patreon as well. That's patreon.com slash JSC Radio, damn it. So, normally, 
In a given year, as we've shown the last couple of years, I generally dedicate an entire episode to Christmas. Telling stories about Christmas, talking about how much I enjoy the holiday, and I do. But with this year having been such the emotional and financial and personal disaster that it's been, I've been having a difficult time getting myself into that proverbial Christmas spirit. And I had to think about this. Like, how was I going to do this? Because I was not just going to cancel a Christmas show. You can't cancel Christmas as much as life has tried to do so to me this year. But how do I, uh, how do I approach it? In a year where things have gone so wrong, things have gone so far left, where you haven't been able, well, not you, I, haven't been able to really get that silver lining that so many people look for, that Christmas miracle per se. But when I think about it, it's like, it's probably no more important, or should I say, it's probably more important than ever now to approach what I've always referred to as my favorite holiday, which it is, with the same vigor that I always do, even in a year where it's been extremely tough, where I've had to kind of consolidate a lot of things and lived on the edge of disaster and been abandoned by people and had everything else happen to me. But I'm still going to approach Christmas the way that I always do because if for no other reason, we've reached the end of another year. That somehow through an entire year where I think of this time last year when I did the Christmas episode, which was a lot more festive, obviously, at that point than this one, that how much life has changed, how many things have changed, and yet as bad as 2018 has been, about 90% of it, I'm still standing. And you're still standing. And 2018's been a rough year for a lot of people I know, too. It's not just me. 2018's been a tough year for those of us, whether it's financially or personally, or you lost family members, or whatever the case may be. But you're still standing. And another ill thing about this year is, is just, you're not always able to do as much as you'd like in terms of gifts, in terms of showing love to others, in terms of paying it forward, but you're still here. And that's the way I'm going to approach this Christmas because despite everything, I'm still fortunate enough to be alive and fortunate enough to be here and fortunate enough to, even at 39 years old, to still have both my parents and to still have cousins who are here, to still have a few really choice friends who've got my back. This has been a year where I found out that I was, I, I, while I was missing a lot, I also found out that I had a lot of gifts. Not GIFs, but GIFTs. And by the way, the, those moving things you, that I love to tweet out, they're called GIFs. GIF, not GIF. GIF is a peanut butter. GIF are the really cool moving pictures. And I don't give a damn what the guy who created them says. But I've, I've been lucky enough, fortunate enough throughout a disastrous year to still have something. I'm not completely stripped bare. I've had a lot of people look out for me this year. 
I've had a lot of people have my back this year. I've had a lot of people come to my aid when I didn't think I deserved it. And I want to thank you guys for that. That's a bigger gift than anything I can give. And then if I were in the position to be able to take care of y'all, I most certainly would. So I thank you. Christmas means a hell of a lot more this year than ever because it's interesting to realize what you got when you really don't have anything or you think you don't have anything. But we're having some fun here and or we've been having some fun at times. And then it's been tough. This show drops on a Thursday. Tomorrow, I'll be back in Michigan, the Motor City, the hometown for Christmas. And be able just to enjoy some time with family, with friends in the city that I grew up in, in the city that I call home, the city I love. And then we get ready for 2019. But before we do that, every year, as has become the thing, whether it was here, whether it was on Field of Hunger Radio, the homies from Detroit City, including the homie Doc Illingsworth, have provided us with plenty of foolishness on Christmas. This year, His music has helped drive this show. His music has added the personality and the energy to this show. With all respect due to my man, Awesome Jones, and shout out to Chris Pritham, who've also provided music for the show, too. And y'all are amazing. But you know what this is. Doc Ills, one-third of Detroit City. Don't forget to cop his album. You can stuff your stocking right now with your no fun. The album is dope. One of the best beat tapes you're going to hear all year. It's also on Spotify, too. Follow that on Spotify as well. A JSC radio Christmas. Follow that list on Spotify right now. I'll Chris your Kringle. I broke this song out for these guys last year. Detroit city featuring strife. It's called Santa. And it was so cool. When I first heard it a few years ago, I knew I had to share it with you guys. We're going to get it again right now. And then after this, I will premiere the new Christmas track from Detroit City. But first things first, man, you have the worst. Here's Santa from the homies Detroit City on JSC Radio. Oh, my God, Santa, I always knew you were real. That's why I always write lists every year. And I hope you got my list this year because if I don't get a play safe, I'm going to be pretty pissed. But anywho, I hope you saw my request for a taco truck. I know there's all kinds, but I figured you would know specifically what kind of want it because I looked it up on ToysRUs.com. So, yes, and I'm just so excited that you're here, man, that you're real. My parents keep trying to tell me that, you know, a figment of my imagination, but I swear I saw your family coming down the chimney last year. Dude, you're real. I'm so excited for my truck. I can hear Santa's sleigh Filled up the toy bag yesterday My stocking was hung on the chimney with care Hoping I was good enough to not get cold in there Now the kids told me that he wasn't real what? But every year I get a present by the tree With a tag that says that he put it under there Who else? Somebody in my house finna eat no cookies and milk They tell me they ain't got a fireplace Ask how he getting in homes How else, dummy? He climbed in through a window 
Nintendos. Who you think building the Xboxes and Nintendos? Yep. See, only trying to give back the Christmas that the Grinch stole. Anyway, I, I got, got physical proof. It was footprints on the roof when we went to take them lights down. See, who else would stay at the North Pole and freeze to give kids who don't even believe some toys so they'll pipe down? Oh, snap. Yeah. I think I hear them right now. Awakening from a Christmas Eve nap. I hear glass shattering and so I react. Reach back for the G-act. While running to the stairs, vision impaired. A little dizzy, tripping over Jimmy's. The sticky icky sitting in the air was unfamiliar. I saw a shadowy figure ripping the paper off the gifts I had labored to make presentable. To give them to some kids who had little to make the holiday memorable. I pointed my barrel to shot, whistled through to visit you. Must have been invincible because he didn't notice it. In one motion, he hoisted all the boxes into the chimney and rocketed out of it. I've had an encounter with Santa's maniacal counterfeit counterpart. I'm bound to start a fuss if I call the precinct. Talking wild, I mean, what would we think if some clown popped up saying that Santa robbed him for all of his stocking stuffs? Man, we probably want to have him locked up. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get everything on your wish list? A bag of dead flies, Rick Ross beer shavings, a CD from Plies, and old Thanksgiving gravy. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get everything on your wish list? Man, I got some gym socks and 30 books, plus a cheap wristwatch and some dirty looks. December 24, I can't take it anymore. Tree's got the presents glowing, and man not knowing is killing me. Maybe if I take a little peek, I won't be so antsy and be able to sleep. But I've been waiting like 358 days, chomping at the bit, even feeling kind of crazy. What will I get? Guess I gotta have faith that it's good, because if it ain't, I'm punching Santa in the face. I've been nice this year, but what difference would it make if all that's in my stocking is in Omaha State? But I'll wait a couple hours and tomorrow ain't great. I got a hit out on St. Nicholas because I am on the take. Yeah. Oh me, oh my, oh my, oh me. Wipe the crust out my eyes and dash to the tree. What could it be? This present looks important. Unwrap the box. It's a pair of air. Gordon's. Gordon's? I wanted Jordan's. Okay, I'll see what else Santa Claus got in store then. Yes, this present must right, be better, better than before. Oh my god, Nintendo 61. One? Nintendo 61? I cannot have fun with the Nintendo 61. Yo, Santa, what's up with these knockoff gifts? My grades is straight A's and I've been a good kid. Peeked in the kitchen. I knew instantly why he had to give these off-brand generic gifts to me. Get Santa some real cookies. That's how the story goes. Cause my parents left them Hydrox instead of Oreos. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get everything on your wish list? No. Nah, man, I got a Chia Pet bubble wrap, Microsoft Zoom, and an awful game mousetrap. What did you get for Christmas? Did you get everything on your wish list? I got a box, a big old box. I opened the box, and inside was a box. I have to say that maybe my favorite part of that song is I got a box, a big old box. <laughs> oh my God. These dudes are ridiculous. And they've been some of the best guys ever. 
They're awesome dudes. You follow them at Detroit City on Instagram. You can follow Rufio Jones at Rufio Jones, R-U-F-I-O Jones. Of course, there's Illingsworth at Illingsworth. Be sure to follow a man, Sean Uppercut, at Sean Uppercut. Follow those dudes on social media. They make great music. They're also on Bandcamp. Check out their entire library. Before I hit you and close this show, the final original episode of JSC Radio for 2018 out, I want to take a second to also drop this little ditty of an announcement on you guys. We're heading into 2019. We're going into a year where things are hopefully going to be markedly better and markedly different from all the all the foolishness that's gone on in 2018. And one thing I can definitely get out there to you guys, which is what I've been kind of holding on to because JSC Radio as we head into 2019 is going to we're going to try to do some new shit, some different things and try to think outside the box. And despite this industry's best efforts, you're not going to just shove me out the door and bury me. I'm still going to cover major events. I've covered a World Series in my lifetime. I've done NCAA tournaments. I've covered some pretty big damn things. In 2019, I'm going to try something new. I'm going to be a part of the team covering the Daytona 500. That's right. NASCAR. NASCAR, y'all. The Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of auto racing. I've never done an auto race. I've never done anything surrounding NASCAR. But coming up in a couple of months, me, Jay Scott Smith, is going to be down in Daytona for the Daytona 500. The race itself is on Sunday, February 17th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, and it will be broadcast live on Fox. If you want to get tickets, because some of y'all might actually be into NASCAR. I hope you are. That's part of what I'm going to be doing here. Getting an understanding of the sport and realizing that, yeah, you may have some preconceived notions. I sure had them about NASCAR, but I have a funny feeling we're going to be shattering some of those. To get tickets, go to NASCAR.com slash buy dash tickets or go to Daytona International Speedway.com. More in the coming weeks. But yes, JSC Radio has bagged the Daytona 500. And we'll be down there. I think it's going to be the week after the Super Bowl. We'll going to be down there in Daytona on February 17th. We're going to be down there that whole week. So I'm going to be getting interviews. Going to be doing some cool stuff for the YouTube page. Going to be doing some cool stuff on Twitter and on Patreon. And definitely here on the podcast. So that's how we go into 2019. And I wanted to make sure I get that out there. And shout out to my people over at NASCAR. Shout out to Jasmine Neely for helping get this all set up for me. But more coming in the coming weeks as we head into 2019. That's a hell of a Christmas gift. And speaking of Christmas gifts or things that you're not getting for Christmas, I debut the new track from Detroit City and Strife to take our ass into Christmas weekend and take you out of the final original episode of 2018. It's We Ain't Getting Nothing for Christmas from Detroit City and Strife. My name is J. Scott Smith. Thanking you for riding out this insanely, ridiculously terrible, yet eye-opening year with me. Take care of yourself. God bless. 
always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. Adopt, don't shop. If you're getting a pet for Christmas, adopt, don't shop, and look over everything. Don't just go getting an animal for Christmas and you don't know how to take care of them. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. The 2018 Best Of edition of JSC Radio is dropping next week. Be safe out there wherever you are. Don't drink and drive. Don't be a knucklehead. Enjoy this time with your family. And until 2019, goodbye, everybody. Ding dong. Hey, we ain't getting nothing for Chris. Hold up. Hey, we ain't getting nothing for Christmas. Hey, I put rocks in my snowballs. I pour water on the Yule logs. And I fed chocolate to the neighbors. We ain't dog. getting nothing for Christmas. I flush my sister's lipstick down the toilet. If you annoyed, I annoyed you. Any show you haven't seen, I'm spoiling. We ain't getting nothing for Christmas. Hey, I draw mustaches on posters. I burn toast in the toaster. I get a glass of water. I don't freeze it.
yeah, we ain't getting nothing for Christmas. Bad apple right to the core. Pour a whole water bottle out in front of dummies in the drought. Yeah, we ain't getting nothing for Christmas. Start on a 25th. I'm guaranteed to be at the top by December 
Oreo cookies with hydrox. How you like that, Santa? I get love for Christmas. I want my report card to sound like about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.